The following is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to Life as a Life Schooler, where we talk about how to merge life with homeschooling. I'm Danielle Papagiorgio, and today we are talking to Craig and Dina Thompson. Craig and Dina reside in Tennessee. Craig is the owner of an internet company and is the editor of Preaching Through Proverbs and is also currently writing a mentoring curriculum and related books. Craig and Dina have successfully graduated two children and are currently homeschooling four. They believe in a global education for their children and have participated in numerous missions trips throughout the world, both before and after having their children. Welcome, Craig. So happy to finally have you on the show. Thank you, Danielle. Very good to be here with you today. Yes. So I met you at Ray's Educating, Ray Perry's Educating for Success Conference, and we didn't really get to talk a whole lot, but I just remember your daughter was actually one of the speakers that year. And how old was she then? I don't even recall. Maybe about 12 or 13? I believe she was, um, Anna spoke at one of the conferences, and she would have been about 16 at the time, or 15, and okay. Petra spoke this year, and she was 13 at the time. Okay, awesome. Well, I just remember that she gave such an amazing presentation, and I was totally blown away that this girl, young girl, um, was so, had such a presence on the stage and just engaged with the audience and just her level of maturity. And... I remember that she really gave the credit to the year of mentorship that she had, that you had, Craig, had actually set up for her. And so I thought, wow, this is just amazing to see what mentorship can do for a child. And just the, the, the way she carried herself and, her again, just her maturity. So I really wanted to have you guys on the show today just to share with me and with the, my audience what that looked like for her and just share with us about this program and why do you think it's such a powerful way to to bring in the education um, with our children? Sure. Well, we call it 52 Godly Men and 52 Godly Women for a very simple reason. When my children turn 13 years old, we give them a very unique birthday gift and that gift is to meet with a different godly man if they are a boy or a different godly woman if they are one of my daughters each week for a year and my job is to find those mentors and ask them to participate arrange and schedule the meetings whether they're an hour long or they last a full day uh, take my children to different sites where they're going to be meeting with people, pick them up again, and then work through questions with them about trying to process their time with the mentors and what they learned. And the child's responsibility during that year is mostly to learn to ask questions and to sit back and listen and learn. That's the primary focus for my children. There's a whole lot of things that happen during that process of a year. But in a nutshell, that's what 52 Godly Men and 52 Godly Women is about, is arranging mm-hmm. 
an intentional set of mentors for my children to be impacted by for their life. So what gave you the idea for this? Because I just think it's such a, a powerful way to educate. And really, your children are just sitting at the feet and ju- of, of wise people, wise older Christians, and just listening and learning so much. But what gave you the idea to do this with your children? And I love that it's kind of just, it's at that birthday and kind of that um, becoming becoming an adult. And, you know, I think it's such a valuable time, too, for them to do that. Sure. Well, the way it started was I had actually attended one of Ray's conferences back in 2006 up in Nashville. And I liked what she was doing with bringing in people for families to try to educate them about business at home and entrepreneurial activity. And I was thinking it would be really great for my children to have some type of entrepreneurial education. And originally, I had thought about having my oldest son meet with different businessmen. And I never could really get peace about that. It just, it was like I was on to something, but it wasn't quite what it needed to be yet. And I remember one time I was sick, actually, and had... uh, my sleep schedule all messed up and I woke up about three o'clock in the morning I was just sitting there and I thought well I might as well pray and make good use of the time so I was just sitting there meditating praying some and then all of a sudden it just kind of dropped into me it's not 52 businessmen or 52 entrepreneurs it's 52 godly men that you need your son to meet with Hmm. and when that happened it was like you know putting on a set of glasses or getting the binoculars you know focused in and I could see clearly that really what I needed for my son was to meet with a lot of different men of character whether they were entrepreneurs or whether they were employees whether they were rich or whether they were poor whether they were black or white or brown or yellow or whatever it didn't really matter I wanted my son to meet with godly men who would then impact him with their life stories with their experiences with the lessons that they have learned through a lifetime. And that really, it really gelled for me. Because for me, Daniil, it's not whether or not my children end up being the richest people in the world. Uh, When my life is over, I'd like to look back and see that my children have a relationship with God and that they have godly character themselves, whatever they are doing in life. So, once that clarified in my mind, I just immediately sat down and with a pencil and paper and started writing out names. It was just like mm-hmm. you know water flowing off the edge of a of a waterfall. They were just coming so fast. And I probably wrote down about thirty something names right then of people that I thought I really want this man to meet with my son. So uh, that's how it began. Was a desire for my son to to have a right of passage and a transition as he as he ended his um, 13th year and began his 14th year and started to make that transition into adulthood was that he would begin to really learn some incredible life lessons and and he did Hmm. that's amazing i love what you said about you realized that it wasn't about them making a lot of money and being rich because it struck me when you said that your your focus shifted or 
you know, I'm sure that your focus was always on character, but, but it was like suddenly this realization that you want them to be rich in character and not necessarily rich by the world standards. But the really amazing thing is that a lot of times the two do go hand in hand. And so by getting to their hearts and, and building that character, you're setting them up really for success, um, for success in the world too. Um, That's true because the people who are godly, the people who are God-fearing, the people who are men and women of character are successful in life. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want my children to be. So if they, if they have a large amount of money, I want them to know and have the character to be able to handle that and not let it change their character. And if they go through times of poverty or want, you know, Paul said he knew how to abase and how to abound. Um, the point is that they can be successful in life because they've met men and women of all stages of life who have happy families, who have, in some cases, given a lot of uh, a lot of their own sacrifice. Uh, for instance, one of the men that my son met with was a Bible smuggler, hmm. and he has gone into uh, countries taking Bibles in. He's gotten arrested. He's gotten kicked out. He's been banned. But he does these things because of his passion for reaching and sharing the gospel with the people from his home nation and surrounding nations. And that's the kind of person I want my son to spend time with mm -hmm. he he isn't necessarily wealthy but i imagine when he gets to heaven his uh, his crown and reward mm -hmm. may be pretty hefty <laughs> yeah absolutely well it's so amazing when you think about because you're giving your children an inside look at so many different things that so many different people with so many different backgrounds and experiences and things that they've gone through that you haven't necessarily gone through as the parent and so that's I just feel like you're opening up this whole world to your children by introducing them to all these different people with all these different experiences and again they're all godly people um, who have gone through them and and have gotten different things out of them. So I just think it's just amazing that opportunity because again, th these are things that you haven't necessarily gone through. So we can we can teach our children and but it it only can get so far when we haven't had that life experience to really show them. Um, there's just a whole different level when you can say when you can introduce them to somebody who has actually been through some of the 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 things that we can only describe to them, I guess is what I'm trying can, to say, in, in a not I very good way. <laughs> you, sure, I can give you a few examples of that. Mm -hmm, my mm -hmm. daughter, my oldest daughter, Anna, turned 13 and began her year of 52 Godly Women. Uh, she got to meet with people that we would never be able to share those experiences with to ourselves, just like you said. One of mm -hmm. those ladies is a Christian model and she actually had for a few years a an event called Christian Fashion Week so my daughter got to meet with a huh. woman who is a model who is a Christian who believes in 
being able to model things without showing off all your skin. And they connected really in a, uh, in a pretty unique way. Uh, my, one of my, well, Petra, my third child, just finished up 52 Godly Women this June. And one of the ladies that she met with is a performing Christian musician. She plays violin down in Florida. And so while we were on vacation, I arranged for Petra to meet with this lady. And again, my uh, daughter told me, you know, out of all the people I've met with, I feel like I connected with her the most. Those are valuable. So she Mm -hmm. could talk about playing violin in front of crowds and using her music for the glory of God. And those were some of the things I wanted her to talk to Petra about. But to be able to find godly men and women that your children actually make connections with, to me, sets them up to have bridges which they can use all throughout their life. There's nothing that actually stops any of my children from contacting any of these mentors in a time of need Hmm. and saying, hey, would you help me with this? Or I remember when we spent time together. Um, There have been... Uh, there's one particular lady that both of my daughters met with. She works at a nonprofit organization here in town doing mission work and actually oversees the mission work now for her particular organization. And she shared stories of miracles in her life, how she was born deformed and how God healed her as a baby from gross physical deformities where people said, you know, she may not live, and if she does live, she'll be incapacitated, and she is perfectly functional and has none of those problems now. And, you know, when when your children hear stories of God's power and God's grace and his keeping ability and how he brought people through tough times, that's a myriad of experiences that I don't have personally. They know my Mm -hmm. stories, they know my wife's stories, but these are stories of people beyond them. It helps to reinforce the faith that they have been exposed to, and it helps them to understand also that, you know, they can be godly without looking just like dad and mom. And that's one of the beautiful benefits of this, is that my children hopefully don't feel like they have to be a cookie cutter of their dad or mom, but then Mm -hmm. they can grow into the person God made them to be because they get exposed to 52 different people who are all serving and loving Jesus, but don't look or act or talk exactly like their dad and mom do. Right. And I would like, I would like to add too that not only do they learn it as they're 13 and 14, but they, have realized that I can go out as they grow, have grown older, I can go out and find people who is in my situation that I need help in. Hmm. And just recently when my daughter was about to graduate high school, she was trying to figure out what to do in a certain um, area about doing dance and how much she should do. So she went to an older person who had been through the same situation as she had about going to school and how much should she dance and how much time it was and just sat down and talked with her and for me I thought well she learned as a 13 year old I can go talk to people who have been through the same situation I am now in mom may not have ever been here or dad may not have been here but I have learned that I can go seek people out and so because she learned that we see four and five years later, she's doing it on her own, doing the things that we tried to teach her when mm-hmm. she was going through the program. 
That's really neat, really a cool testimony to hear. I think it sounds like this really teaches them to value people who are older than them, to honor and respect them in a whole different level because they're really seeing that they're seeing these older people as real people who have gone through real experiences, who have learned and grown and have this wisdom. It's one thing to teach our children, tell them, you know, that they need to seek out older, wiser people, but it's another thing to bring, bring them those opportunities where they're experiencing that and really seeing the wisdom of their elders and understanding the value that's there. It's about being intentional. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line for right. entering as parents is that we have to be intentional with these opportunities. Um, right. I've never told people that this is easy or simple or fun. <laughs> <laughs> what I have told plenty of parents is it's worth it. Mm-hmm. One of the things that uh, Dina said to me a couple of years ago was I can't wait for Petra to go through 52 Godly Women because I want her to grow in self-confidence. And she had seen that happen with the two older children. And she just expressed that to me a couple years before Petra turned 13. And then when Petra did turn 13, began her 52 Godly Women experience. It it happened slowly, uh, but usually by about three or four months of meeting every week with someone different, they do begin to develop self-confidence. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're many times meeting complete strangers sometimes it's people they know sometimes it's people they've heard of but you know that's not my job is to just hook them up with people they're comfortable with but also to find people that are outside their comfort zone and you know just drop them off hi here you (laughs) go bye (laughs) and and let and let god shape those experiences um petra had a blast with a lady named shauna house who runs a bakery called Faith Baked Cakes, <laughs> and Shona had experienced loss in her life when uh, they were in a car accident, and she lost her husband, mm. and uh, she was injured, and I believe at least one of her sons was injured, and you know, one of those stories that we're sure that this person's not going to survive, but again, God did a miracle, and he also provided her with the opportunity, the idea, and the opportunity to begin to faith-based bakery and they spent the day working on cakes and she was showing Petra how to do different types of decoration while she was sharing her story with her Mm -hmm. Uh, again they made a nice connection because Petra loves to bake and uh, she she expressed that she would like to have Petra come back again you know after the 52 godly women experience is over so that's one person I've been in contact with since then to say okay when can my daughter spend more time with you again in order to uh, in order to keep building this relationship? Hmm. So. That's really neat. That's really neat. And I'm sure that this is growth not just for your children, but for the people that they're meeting. Um, I mean, do you have any stories about that? Has anyone gotten in touch with you I and do. said, <laughs> okay, <laughs> you must have a lot from what it sounds like. <laughs> you know, most of the people, I can't think of anybody who said, you know, I really didn't like that at all and I would never do it again. Most of the people have very positive experiences doing this. Uh, some of them are very 
timid about the idea and if they're friends or close enough to me I might twist their arm really hard to get them <laughs> to do it initially but once they try it they find out oh I really I really can be kind of a mentor for a day so generally the experience is positive for people but uh, for instance one person who met with one of my daughters was a uh, Christian Christian author and had just gone through a really tough time so I had uh, I had pursued this person pretty studiously to just keep sending emails and not trying to be annoying but you know let's follow up let's <laughs> follow up can you do it and they finally agreed said yes and after that day was over um, this lady was speaking to me and said you know I was really struggling and after meeting with your daughter, God has encouraged me that I need to continue what I'm doing. It was like, it was like a boost in her spirit. Hmm. So someone who was a, a hero of sorts to my daughter because of having read uh, this lady's books, she was able to then say, hey, God used me hmm. to encourage her. And... Um, Wow. I've had people say, you know, I may be an older person, but I was inspired by spending time with your child, and it made me wonder who are the mentors I need to be looking for in my own life who are older than me and can guide me into the different seasons of life that I am approaching. So, yeah, there's just different, uh, numerous stories like that where where people have realized that, you know, God can use them uh, another another story, which is kind of neat, is uh, last fall we actually started something new uh, with this mentoring curriculum that I'm writing. We are trying to develop a, uh, a a program or system for churches or small groups. So we started that locally with a group of middle school boys, mostly middle school boys, and had different men from our church to come in. We're trying to build relationships with these men in the church and these young boys. And we had a man come and speak to the boys who shared with them how he was so incredibly shy. He, uh, he said when he was a senior in high school, he took a zero in his English assignment rather than stand up in front of the boys and girls he had gone to school with his whole life and speak to them about oh, wow. a paper or a topic. <laughs> and he said during that time, God had been nudging him and calling him to ministry. And he said, I just kept telling God, you've got the wrong person. I could never do that. That's not me. He said, in fact, God, what I want to do is I want to go see the world. So he joined the army <laughs> and he got stationed at Fort Benning for four years. <laughs> he, he never traveled. He never got to see anything. He said after four years, he was miserable and said, okay, God, if you if you really want me, then I'll obey you, but I still think you've got the wrong person. Now, unbeknownst to him, sitting in that group of middle school boys is a young man who struggles with shyness. So he's hearing a person speak into his life who says, you know, I was so shy that, you know, it, it prevented me from even doing my schoolwork. And then he shared with them how he became a missionary. And at the end of his talk, he pulled out a map that his grandchildren had given him 
and it was a world map that had pins all over hmm. the countries. And I mean, this thing was just covered with pins. And he said, my children, my grandchildren couldn't actually fit in. They ran out of pins and didn't fit in all the places. Hmm. So he's holding this map in front of these boys and they're coming up and looking at it. And he said, you know, I wanted to travel the world and tried to do it my own way. But when I obeyed God, he actually had given me that desire in my heart and he fulfilled it through obedience. And that man, after speaking to those young uh, middle school boys, told me, he said, I was afraid to come tonight. He said, I didn't think I had anything to say hmm. to boys this age. He said, so many kids are, you know, they're just spending their time on stuff that's useless and worthless. And he said, you know, what's going on with these boys is it's really exciting. He said, you're asking a lot of them. I said, of course we do. <laughs> you know, they got to take notes and ask questions. I said, but, you know, that's, that's what we're doing here. So for him, as someone who has traveled all over the world and spoken in front of audiences of thousands of people, to know that he could connect to middle schoolers was a revelation. Hmm. Wow. That's so neat. It's such a, a two-way street that happens in this mentoring process. And I actually had the opportunity to participate in a mentorship experience like this um, with a girl, oh, I guess it was about a month ago or so, someone else in, in Ray Perry's group um, who's actually following your program. And it yep. was a really neat experience to sit down with her and, and it really did kind of, um, it just gives you this boost and you feel like, okay, I have something that I can share with this younger let me, person. Let me turn the tables on you for a minute and uh -huh. interview you. Oh, sure. <laughs> I love it. So, so how well did you know this young lady before you met with her? I did not really know her. I, okay. I don't even know that I had met her. I knew her mom um, just, I think, basically through Facebook. I, I think I met her once or twice, but I hadn't okay. met her daughter. So when you were asked to be part, how did it make you feel? It made me feel like I had value, like I had something to share. It made me feel special. And in preparing for this time with this young lady, um, what, what were your thoughts and how did you organize your thoughts to try to determine what it was particularly that you wanted to share with her? Boy, that's a good question. <laughs> um, you know, I was not really exactly sure how it was going to go. Um, I wasn't sure what I was going to share, to be quite honest with you. Um, and I'm trying to think back as far as my thought process through that time. But really, I think the Lord just kind of led the conversation. And... It was just a really special time of getting to know her. And as she would ask the questions, I would kind of get insight into into her and, and her world and her personality. And then just being able to, having that freedom, it was like being given permission to speak into someone's life and say, hey, here's, here's what I've learned along the way. Because I think so often as adults, we long to be able to take our mistakes and 
things that we've learned and speak into somebody's life because that's that's biblical that's what we're commanded to do and you know when god never wastes a hurt you hear that phrase and and things that we go through in our lives he always can use them for good even if it's just to speak to somebody else and say hey don't make the mistake that i made but so often i think in our culture today there's this sense of well you can't tell me what to do and and just this almost defensiveness if an adult tries to do that it's taken as um i can't think of the word i want but you know there's you don't feel that you have that permission in our culture to do that and so that's part of what i love about the program too is just feeling like it it gives some value to what we have to say to the younger generation and to help them along. I'm not going to guarantee that the answers would match up, but one of the things that I always ask my children every week after they meet with a man or a woman is, you know, we talk about what they did, we talk about what they learned, we talk about the fun things. If they went out to eat somewhere, what food did they have and what did they like? But when that's all over, they know I'm going to look at them and say, what was the single most important thing that you learned from hmm. this man or woman today? And they learn to expect that question. So let's turn that around and ask, what do you think was the most important thing that you shared in your mentoring time? Well, she actually told me, and I'm trying to think back and, and give you the right answer <laughs> um, if my memory doesn't fail me. But I believe what she said she came away from that experience with was you can learn from anybody. That was one of the things I had shared with her is that be open-minded because so often we think we can only learn from people who look like us, who act like us, who have the exact same theology right down to, you know, you know, the most minor things. Sure. But sure. I said, you can learn from anybody and don't be so proud that you can't just have an open mind and listen to somebody. Um, doesn't mean you'll agree with them, but there's always something that can be gleaned and something that can be learned. Part of the uh, other side of this is what Tina does with them in schooling. And that's why I was glad to have her yes. on this interview today was because she I told her, I said, you know, you've, you've prayed for years for God to give you insight into our children and what their desires are. So I'd love for her to talk a little bit about how she ties that into their schooling when they're not meeting with, uh, with these mentors. And also, I'd love for her to talk a little bit about how she shapes schooling around the year that they do actually go through 52 godly men or women because that is a challenge. So, Dina, why don't you tell yeah. me a little bit about that first? Absolutely, and I'm glad you introduced your wife here because I was just going to turn to her and ask her those same questions. I'm very curious because I'm sure that was a big job to try to juggle both, and I'd love to hear your perspective as the homeschooling mama. <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you. Um, something that I really wanted from God was an insight on the passions of my children mm. and so i prayed i was like god please show me because i knew as as the homeschool teacher 
I could shape what I would be teaching them, where they could go, what extracurricular stuff they would do. If I could just get an insight of what they enjoyed, mm. what their passion was. And so I remember being in my bedroom and praying one night, and God spoke to me, and he said, if you would seek after me, then I will show you the passions of your children. Mm. And I took that as a promise. And in seeking after him, he has done that. Mm. He has given me insight into what my children love so that I can tailor things for that. He has led me to places where my children would be about to graduate and they're trying to figure out what they want to do on the, on the next level. And I would be looking up things on the Internet and researching and what opportunities are out there. He would just bring up a, a page. I remember with my son, who was a writer, he loved to write, and he loved sports. And... I'm thinking, how do we mesh these two? And I remember the day I hit an enter and this page came up on sports journalism, sports communication. And I was reading all of these things about what you enjoy doing. And he, I could check off every single one of them. Oh, wow. And it was something that I would have never thought of. And he never thought of, but I, I told him the next day, here, read this. What do you think? And he was very impressed. And that's one of his majors right now. He's a senior in college, and one of his majors is sports communication. And so I know that God has done that from him all the way down to my little one. And some of them, we don't, I don't know yet the extent of their passion, but God has been faithful to me that mm. as I seek after him, that he would reveal to me my children. Because he knows my children better than anybody. Absolutely. Well, I love that because that's a verse I quote all the time. It's kind of the theme verse of life schooling. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And we just have to have faith to really believe that God will do as he promised. So it's so encouraging when I can bring people on the show who have, have been through that who can give testimony to the fact that God keeps his promises and can show how he has led their children. And I love what you're saying about how you prayed that God would just show you who, who these children were. That's something Chris Davis, if you, um, you probably are familiar with who he is. I know he goes to race conferences and, but he, he talks about finding out who our children are and praying and asking the Lord, who is this child? Because, yeah. That's what it's all about is figuring out who that child is. They're not cogs in, you know, in a factory going down the assembly line. They're individuals. So I, I love that. That's really amazing. And that's one, as the teacher, what you just mentioned, you cannot treat all of them the same. You cannot mm -hmm. teach all of them the same. We have six children and I cannot teach them all the same way because they all have different learning styles. They all have different ways that they learn mm -hmm. and how they learn and interests in learning. And so what I try to do is I try to match what I'm teaching to their interests. Now that doesn't mean they're not going to learn things that they 
don't like. Right. People do that. But <laughs> what I try to major on is focusing on what their passions and their interests are. Uh, for example, this year, uh, one of my sons, he's, he's 12. And I had thought, so he's in the seventh grade, and I had thought of just doing like apologia, general science to get him ready for next year when he starts taking physical science and other high school subjects. And it came out an opportunity for him to work with a carpenter friend of ours. And he is very much my hands-on learner. He loves making things, building things, put a hammer in his hand. <laughs> and I thought, which is he really going to get more out of? Spending two or three hours a week with his carpenter, doing different carpentry things every week, watching this man who has been doing it for 50, 60 years, learning from him, watching him, being a part of it, or sitting down with a school book. Hmm. I opted for the first one. Absolutely. <laughs> and he has, he has learned so much that he wouldn't have gotten in a book. Mm -hmm. And so that is just one example of tailoring what you're teaching to their life skills mm -hmm. and what they're wanting to do and, and what their interests are. Um, right. My son, you know, one, my first son I mentioned already was, was a writer and he loved to write. And so some of my schooling emphasized and majored on teaching him how to write, giving him opportunities to write, and going more that direction. He also loved languages. So giving him opportunities of learning more than just the standard two years of language that you have to do uh, in high school. He wanted to go way beyond that. And so giving him that opportunity to do that. And so I find that if I can know, if God can show me what my passions are in my children, then I can give them those life schooling opportunities. Mm -hmm. My daughter, when she was two, she would dance all over the house. That's all she <laughs> would do, would dance. And the church we were going to at the time, they had a little cherub dance group. And so she's three years and four years old up on the stage doing lyrical type dancing. And I said within myself, I want her to learn and to take classes so that she can, when she gets on a stage at a church to worship God through dance, she will have the techniques and skills to do it. And so she did. At, when she was in kindergarten, at the age of five, she started taking dance. And it progressed 10, 11, 12 years. And it hit me just a few, a few months ago. She went with her, her dance company to Columbia. And they took the story of creation down there in, in dance. And she was one of the lead characters. And it was like God brought it to me. Dina, you wanted her to learn about the technical side of dance so that she could worship me. 
and spread the gospel through dance. And here she was doing it. Wow. So I was able to take that passion I saw in her, be able to put her in places where she could learn, but then also giving her opportunity, especially during her high school years when she was at the studio for hours a week, 10, 12, 14 hours a week that she was putting in with the company to be able to go to into the community, into different states, and eventually even overseers, overseas, taking the message of the gospel of creation and the redemption that Christ would give to us uh, when he came to redeem creation. And so those are just some examples of how I have tried to see what their passions are and tailor their education. Mm-hmm. Um, something what Craig and you have both mentioned, what do I do during 52 Godly Women or 52 Godly Men Year? And I learned with my first son that it does take up a lot of schooling, school time, mm-hmm. because uh, what we do is we expect them to do something extra. And I will let Craig explain that. But what I do during that year for those people who may want to go ahead and do this and implement this in their children's life is I scale back what they do. Um, Most of them, they are in eighth grade when they do this project, and so they're already doing high school credits. And usually it's just down to the bare minimum of what they need to do because they are spending so much time meeting people, writing, doing videos, whatever their extra stuff is. So they may do math, they may do a language, of course, Bible, and they may do one other course. But English is sort of the big thing because they're writing or doing something in that nature mm-hmm. with the curriculum. Uh, because it does, it's, it's hours a week that would be pulled from their school time. And, and it doesn't need to be overwhelming for them. I, I've seen families that have tried to sort of keep to what they thought needed to happen and add this on in. And it, it, the kid would get very frustrated right. because it would be five, six, seven, eight hours that they're trying to finish their schooling and do this extra project and trying to meet with somebody. And then, of course, it falls by the wayside because it's just bringing frustration. Right. And so I learned with David, it wasn't the beginning. You know, at the beginning, everything was going normal. But then when he had 52 godly men, I realized I need to pull back so that he can have a good experience, focus on this gift that we have given to him. Because this, at the time, was way more important than whether he was learning a school subject or doing a workbook or whatever. Right. He was quote-unquote supposed to be doing at that time. Right. Right. I love that you gave the freedom there for them to really, you know, that you saw the value of that as being at that time greater than focusing on all the academics. Because so much of that, like we always talk about with life schooling, so many of those academic lessons come in very naturally. Uh, As you said, like the English, um, because... I know you had your, at least some of your children wrote. I know some of them 
did like video blogs. Why don't you tell us more about that aspect if you want to, or if Craig, you want to jump in? Yeah, that's fine. Uh, my basic understanding of what my child needs to do with the lessons that they learn from mentors is to give back some way, somehow. I don't really care how they do that, and I want to give them flexibility. But my point is, if 52 people are willing to spend time with you and teach you things, you should be willing to share those lessons with other people, whether they're your peers or someone you never meet. So with David, I told him, it's real simple. I'm going to set up a WordPress blog. I'm going to teach you to use it. I'm going to send a camera in your pocket and a notebook in the other pocket. And uh, you make notes, shoot some pictures, and then come back, and you're going to write a three-paragraph article minimum. So it has to be three real paragraphs, you know, three or more sentences each. You can write more. You can write just three, but it's got to be at least three. So for people who have gone onto his blog and read it at 52godlymen.com, you can actually just easily chart his progression as a writer if you go all the way back mm -hmm. to his first articles and read them. And that really tied into some of those passions that Dean was talking about that he, uh, he may or may not have understood at the time but became more apparent as he wrote more. Now, my daughter, Anna, had loved making videos. She's the kind of girl who would grab Daddy's camera and go run off and make a large-scale video production with her friends in the basement or out on the property somewhere <laughs> and, uh, and use up all my hard drive space. <laughs> so uh, when she came along, it was pretty obvious that doing videos would be um, right down her alley. What I did not tell her at the time was that you can't just stand in front of a camera and talk without having a script so she actually got to do double duty she ended hmm. up having to learn to write and she had to write a script which was coherent and had to do with the lessons she learned but then we took her to our church actually had a little room with the wall painted green so uh, we had a little green screen and we would go over there a lot of times you know sometime eight nine o'clock at night and shoot videos and I remember the early days it was hours just to do a five-minute video hmm. I was also teaching them video editing as part of one of the classes I was teaching them so I was trying to tie all of this together and get the most bang for the buck as possible but she made some really incredible videos which are still up at 52godlywomen.com and again you can see the progression of her ability to stand in front of a camera and do really really incredible public speaking over the course of that year. If you have to look at any one video and you go to 52godlywomen.com, search for Tracy Shellhouse, S-H-E-L-L-H-O-U-S-D. She is the uh, director of the Crisis Pregnancy Center here and she's been one of the top five women for both of my daughters to meet with as far as uh, how much she impacts their lives. So. Um, uh, Petra came along and she loves photography and we were thinking about doing a photo blog with her and not really getting some clarity and she just kind of set the record straight and said she was going to write a novel. Mm. So wow. she is currently, what is she on, Dean, about chapter 45? Something like that. Something like yeah. that. Yeah, so out of all the 52 women that she met with, she is about seven chapters away from having a novel done where she weaves in a storyline and a plot line 
Wow. Of a young girl who, uh, you, you can imagine our, our uh, well, I don't know if you call it shock or delight or what, <laughs> reading her prologue, which she gave us, and the first words were, I'm an atheist. Oh. And she had <laughs> this young girl in a school setting, and she's an atheist, and she has all these different things going on in her life, and one of her peers actually challenges her to meet with godly women. Huh. And for reasons unknown to her, she accepts this challenge, and it begins her journey. And so she's weaving a storyline of a young girl who really doesn't know much about God and doesn't know much about faith, and she's meeting with all these different women. So she's huh. pulling in real live stories of women that Petra has met with and tying them into the plot line of this young girl who is uh, from a pretty rough background and mixed up and not sure, you know, where she's huh. headed in life. And wow. she's got a great sense of humor, and she's got a good writing style. And so uh, she's almost done with a novel at the age of 14. <laughs> wow. That's great. That That's a really interesting take on it. Because uh, uh, when you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, I didn't occur to me that there could be a third option other than video or writing, but a full novel. (laughs) That's really neat. I love it. Well, it has been a wonderful conversation with both of you today. Why don't you, just to wrap it up, share with us where our listeners can learn more about the program. I know you said you're it's still kind of in the process of, I guess, getting actually down on paper as far as a, you know, a guide for people. But how can, how can everyone keep up with this and learn more about it? Sure. My website is walkwithgod.com, and people can always contact me there. I am uh, Craig at walkwithgod.com as far as email. The parents' guide I actually wrote years ago, and for someone who just simply wants an overview of how to get started in this, they can go to 52godlymen.com and locate the parent's guide there, and they can purchase it using basic PayPal checkout. Um, that's been available for years. I've done some updates to it to try to um, keep it current and add in some more information as I've learned it myself. One of the things that I did at Ray Perry's conference this past February was to offer a coaching program. I started that um, nascently last summer with the mom who came up to me at the entrepreneurial conference last year and said I want to do this with my daughter and I'd like you to help me so I've started offering a coaching program for parents who say I really want to do this I'm not sure I have the uh, wherewithal to stick to it without someone coaching me and helping me and so these past few months I've been helping some families with that and I'm willing to help your audience with that also. They can contact me through either my website or 52godlymen.com in order to get more information about that. And then the mentoring curriculum for churches and small groups, I've actually completed the first year of that curriculum. And I'm really excited about what we're doing the second year. We just started it uh, about a month ago. We are taking this group of middle school boys, and some of them are now in high school, And what we're trying to do in this curriculum is write a how-to for the spiritual disciplines. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody knows they should pray the meal, and everybody knows Mm -hmm. they should read the Bible, and all these young people can hear it. But we're taking 
the spiritual disciplines and putting them down into very bite-sized approaches and showing these these young men not only should they pray but they can pray and this is how you do it and this is how easy it is so for the past three weeks or so these young men have been starting to pray and i just got text last night and this morning from some of these young men who said i prayed last night (laughs) which is which is great because they weren't doing it before Hmm. they weren't praying and we showed them how to pray in a very simplistic approach bite-sized and they are beginning to do it so this curriculum on the second year of the spiritual disciplines is in process so the first year is already done and i would love to talk to churches or groups um we you know we've spoken at raised conferences i'm available to come talk to churches or groups uh if my children are available, they are happy to come with me because it's really exciting to hear them talk about mm-hmm. it because regardless of what I've done, I've never been through 52 godly men. Dina's never been through 52 godly women. Well, our children have. So it's neat to hear them talk. And again, as you said, when when uh, people sit in the audience and hear a, a 13 or 14-year-old girl talk about uh, her experiences, I had people come up to me after Ray's conference said, I thought she was 18 years old just with her presence yeah. and yeah. found out she was 13 and we're blown away by that. So. Yeah, it's it, it was absolutely amazing. And I think it's just a credit to what you've done with your children through this program. And it was just such a pleasure to talk to both of you, Greg and Dina, today. And I just sure. appreciate you coming Thank on. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And when your uh, audience contacts me, please just put that you heard this about uh, from the Life School podcast, and that way I'll know to give you special discounts on anything that we're doing currently. Awesome. I appreciate that. Thank you, Craig. Thanks for having us. And that's Life as a Life Schooler. Be sure you subscribe to this podcast. Hope you'll join us next time. 